Hello, I'm Lakita and welcome to the Co-Create Work podcast, where my partner Chloe and I talk about building and co-creating the future of work. We hope this podcast will be your weekly dose of support on all things work, leadership, and personal development as it relates to creating culture for you and your team. Because one of our principles is to be a guy, we look forward to providing space for our shared learning and exploration while trusting your personal experiences. After all, this is what co-creation is all about. So let's co-create together. Hello, co-creators. So welcome back to the Co-Create Work podcast, where we're going to continue our conversation this week about burnout. And we are really going to dial in on some steps you can take when you are experiencing burnout. I really enjoyed our conversation last week, Chloe, where we highlighted some of the non-traditional things that you'll see when you're experiencing burnout. We always talk about the traditional areas of you're feeling overwhelmed or you feel like you need a break. But we really wanted to connect folks back to more of the things that we're seeing that individuals that we partner with and work with are experiencing that may not look like the traditional ways that burnout can have an impact. So we're super excited to talk to you this week about some actual steps you can take to address burnout. And like, you know, one of the things that I love about these non-traditional pieces is I think If people can catch these when they see them and take the steps that we're going to talk about today, then they won't get all the way to the point of complete overwhelm, completely non-functional, right, where you just have to step away entirely. So this is a way to help people recognize it sooner and take steps to not alleviate it, but to process through it and get reconnected. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And the effects of burnout are often cumulative, right? So we have been through a pandemic, we have been through stressors in so many different ways. And that means you as the founder have also been through those things, along with the responsibility and pressure to ensure that you keep your team and partners employed and working together. And so it's so important for us to look at everything over the past several years. But what I would love to say in addition to that is that you don't have to be going through, quote, like a hard time in order to experience burnout. Last week, we talked about some of the things like, hey, if you're disconnected from your purpose, then you may feel burnt out and that can happen at any time. So we have all of those cumulative effects and we have just a normal part of being human, being someone who is in this role that may lead to burnout. So we're excited to talk to you this week about some actions you can take and some actions that you can take for your team as well, because we're seeing burnout end to end across everyone. I think what'll be really helpful, Chloe, is if we reground everyone in the five symptoms of burnout that you may see. Can you share those? Yes. So what we talked about last week and what we're going to dive into is one, are you too far away from your impact? Second, are you not living as the type of leader that you want to be living as or showing up as the leader you want to be showing up as? Third, are you living and addressing all areas and aspects of your life, not just my business that I own and need to run? Fourth, are you working against your own working style? And finally, are you doing too much on your own and not reaching out for support or help from your team? 
Yeah, absolutely. It's so important for us to address each of these. And so we have some action steps that you all can take for these items and then some overall macro pieces for you to think about as you're addressing burnout as well. So if we talk about the first one, you're too far away from your impact. At Co-Create Work, we have the five components of inclusive culture. And the very first component is shared purpose because we know how important and vital purpose is to our work and to how we show up. For human beings, for individuals, we firmly believe that impact is one of the most important things to us and it helps us to have a high sense of fulfillment and connection. As the company grows, sometimes folks transition to, hey, I am doing the work with our clients. I'm in partnership with my team and my clients hourly, right? In addition to daily. And now I'm transitioning to working more on the business or growing a new area of the business in a space that's different from where I started from, either when I launched the business or if you've been in business for many years and you're now transitioning to a different role. So it's really important for you to take a step back and say, hey, where is shared purpose for me? How do I get reconnected to the impact that I want to have as an individual in the work that we do? And we have a couple of ways for you to think about and measure impact, but our very first step is reflection. When I am doing my most impactful work, when I'm making a difference, when I feel most lit up, what am I doing? Yeah, I love this because it's not only useful from a business point of view, but it's also so valuable when it comes to personal life as well. When it comes to your relationships, when it comes to any of those things, what is it that helps me feel connected to something bigger, whatever that bigger is, what is the impact that I want to have. And so really taking that time to reflect about that impact is so valuable. And even taking the time to write down what is my purpose? What is our purpose as a company? So impactful. One thing that's super important for us is to get you all towards action and everything we do. So it would be a great time to take out a piece of paper right at the top of the list. What is our purpose as an organization? You likely already have a purpose statement. Purpose is separate from mission. So purpose is about the transformational change we're making in the world. How will the world be different? So what is our purpose as an organization? And then what is my purpose as an individual? And what impact am I having on our purpose as an organization? And am I feeling connected to and living in my purpose as an individual? If not, then where do I need to make adjustments? And that sometimes is the more challenging step. So I'll share a story for myself. The biggest thing for me is that our clients see transformation. So if the work that I'm doing is about our marketing and it's about our sales or it's about our design and I'm not seeing the client wins up close or I'm not connected to that experience, then I can feel I'm disconnected from purpose. So how I would address that is I would be in partnership with Chloe, like, hey, what wins have you seen with our clients lately? Um, What are the biggest successes that they are celebrating? How can we have more impact? Or is there someone's story that needs to be told here? And that gets me back in a space of designing for our clients in connection with our clients, seeing those wins. So it will take some adjustment. We are not advocating for you to jump in and start doing your old role or take over the work that other people have been doing. But sometimes the very first step is to define it. And then we can find the right space to help us get reconnected. And Lakita, I love when you were talking about earlier describing this 
what makes me feel lit. When you connect to that shared purpose, you can feel the energy change, right? And that's a really easy way to identify, okay, this is what I need to be connected to. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. Get in your body and too much. We are having separation between the the work we do, how we feel, how we communicate. And the thing that you're going to hear us say over and over again is personal transformation leads to organizational transformation. And so every single thing that we would do or touch as a human being is on deck. It's up for a discussion and for us to do work around. There is no separation. And so just just excited to continue to be in conversation with y'all about that. With that lack of separation, let's go to number two, which is not living as the type of leader you want to be living as, right? Because you are the human who's showing up as the leader also, and they are connected completely. So when we're thinking about this not living as a leader you want to be living as, we talked a little bit last week about values and how important they are in leadership brand. And I want to dig in a little bit more on this one as far as tips and what you can can do. So connecting to values and identifying what your values are is so critical to who you want to be as a leader and how you want to show up. And especially as you're building an organization and bringing people along with you, it can bring up a lot of insecurities for folks. It can bring up a lot of concern about are people happy? For some of us, it's do they like me? Some of those things can show up and having those values that you can return to and be grounded in and from which you can build your leadership brand and that statement about who you are is so critical to showing up as the type of leader you want to show up as. Yeah, I totally agree. And one thing that I have seen and experienced a lot is that folks come into their leadership and their growth with a perception of, I need to lead like this person. I need to be like this individual. I read this book and therefore I need to match that leadership style step by step. And so what Chloe is really reminding all of us is that we have individual values and we have shared values and things that we agree on, but there are some things that are critical and super important to you and how you lead is based on that. Do you want to prioritize prioritize connection? Do you want to prioritize learning as a part of your organization and your leadership? So let's list out those values and get really clear and they don't have to match someone else. Now, there are certainly some things that you are going to need all the time regardless. And we'll talk about those in coming episodes because we think that there are some key indicators for leadership. But what we're saying is you don't have to show up as I have to be charismatic. I have to tell jokes. You can have your own style and it's important for you to go through a bit of this leadership brand exercise to really outline that for yourself. So Chloe, you were going to share just a couple more steps and maybe three quick steps people can take to start to get to their own leadership brand. Yeah. So the first is identifying your values and what's important to you. Next, what are your skill sets? What is your area of genius when it comes to leadership? Are you an amazing visionary and you've got these great big ideas? Are you really good at operations and and taking big ideas and making them work and function. So really spending some time thinking about your skill sets, what you bring. And then along with those skill sets is also your personality. What are those traits that people love about you, connect with you? So one of the exercises I love to do with folks is to actually have people imagine that you are your best friend, your 
colleague, cheerleader, whoever that is, what do they say about you? Imagine that they're describing you and how would they describe you? And that's a great way to start to connect to your areas of genius as a leader, both in terms of your skills and your personality. What do you bring? Because if you can show up as yourself as a leader, that is what's going to bring people in and bring the right people in that are going to connect with you and be part of building whatever it is you want to build. Absolutely. I'm obsessed and I love this. And it's a good reminder for us to continue to think about we get drained when we are trying to be someone who we are not. And a lot of us left organizations, and there is so much research about this, not because we didn't want to climb a corporate ladder, but because we felt like we could not be connected to who we really are. We could not show up as the best version of ourselves and we could not move work forward. So you don't want to recreate that inside of your organization. And we're talking about values here and how you want to build. We're not talking about behaviors that we need to change, but that certainly will be on deck as I mentioned later. So it is draining to show up constantly and say, I need to show up and lead like such and such versus showing up and leading like Lakita or showing up and leading like Chloe. So we really want you to think about that and do this leadership brand exercise. And I want to make a note here that if there are leaders you admire, you don't need to show up as them, but it can be useful to reflect on how do those leaders make me feel? What is it that they bring out in me that I am connecting with? Because it's less about how they're doing it and more about how you're feeling and how can you show up in a way that makes people feel that way. So little side note there, but the values piece is number one. So what are your values? What's critical and important to you? So the easy things to do, identify your values, spend some time thinking about your skills and what you bring, and then what are your personality strengths? And taking those pieces together, you can write a really simple leadership brand statement that connects you back to those things, especially when you're feeling a little bit untethered or lost or exactly what we're talking about, this burnout, right, keeps you grounded, brings you back to that. It does. And I've seen you tell folks, Chloe, use this for decision making, use this for partnership. And one of the things that I really like to encourage our clients as well is print this out, write it up, have it near you, let it be a guide for you when you feel like you're off track or feel like you're trying to be or show up as someone else just help to get you grounded and connected. And so as we're talking about showing up as yourself and connecting, our next clue that you may be experiencing burnout was, are you living and addressing the other areas of your life? Are you fully connected? So next on our list of indications that you may be experiencing burnout is if you don't feel connected. So if you're centering work in this business is the only thing I am my business and I'm not able to connect to my social life. I'm not able to connect to my spiritual life. I'm not able to connect to my mental and physical health. Then that is going to to lead to burnout because no matter how much flow we have, and we talk about flow state sometimes that we love our work, we're lit up, we're excited, and then I'm in flow. I shouldn't be in flow 24-7, right? That there are other aspects of me that make up me and who I am as an individual. And so it's so important to make sure that we're thinking about the various aspects of our life and really pouring into ourselves across all of those areas beyond work and not 
simply so that we have more productivity at work, because I know that's another big thing that's really being pushed right now, right? Is exercise so you can work more, right? Like eat right so you can get up at 4 a.m., right? (laughs) And work more. So what we're saying is that each area of your life has its own inherent value to who you are as an individual. And so we want to see you and encourage you to invest in that because that is what is going to help to reduce burnout. Yes. And with that, in terms of tips and things you can do, there's a few practical things just as far as actually taking inventory of how much time you're spending in what areas of your life and starting to find some balance overall. Balance doesn't necessarily look like, okay, every day I'm making sure I'm addressing all of these things. It could look like that. It could also be every week I'm making sure I'm spending time on XYZ. So it's just taking that inventory, identifying where am I not connecting in my life that I want to be connecting? Am I getting out in nature the way that I love to get out in nature? That's a big one for me. Am I spending time on my spirituality in the way that it's important for me? And the action is taking the time, take some inventory, and then slowly start to add these pieces in so that you don't totally shift the pendulum and feel completely unstable, but just taking those small steps to say, okay, I'm not connecting enough with my social life. So how can I do that? Let's do one thing this week, one thing today to connect with my social life, whatever that looks like. Yeah, I totally agree. And you want to think about, okay, Lakita and Chloe, when you say living and addressing other areas of your life, what do you mean? So you can think about your spiritual life, which I think we talked about a little bit. You can think about physically, how am I doing and what am I doing there? My mental connection, life, mental health, my work life, which is a big part of what we talk about in this podcast, my relationships, what does that look like for me? How am I connected there? And joy, what does that look like? And how am I connected there? So really writing each of those down is a key area, giving yourself a rating from one to 10. How much am I invested in this right now? And then how much do I want to change that rating? How much do I want to make increases in a couple of these areas? A key thing here is we don't want you to get burnt out seeking to try to reduce burnout. So don't try to do all of them in one sitting and at one time, like, all right, I'm going to meditate and I'm going to run and then I'm going to have a smoothie and then I'm going to connect with friends. Identify one to two areas and see what changes, what connections you need to make there. All the time we talk about everything is a practice. So the goal is to just invest in some practices in one to two areas and really build that up so that you can feel more connected to yourself and back connected in the areas that are really important for you. Great. I love those tips. Next on our list is working against your working style. And what that looks like is you're not working in the ways that work best for you. So as an example, I am an evening energy processor. I do my best individual work later in the evening when I can just download the whole day. And so if I try too hard to work in the morning in that space, it does not go well for me. And I waste a lot of time and I beat myself up because I'm not getting things done. So that's one example. Lakita, what does it look like for you when you're not working in your working style? Yeah, for me, it is really about how I start my day. I get myself situated, address those other areas of my life. And then when I sit down to work, 
it needs to be pretty much silent and I have to work in the same space. So I know for a lot of folks that I see on Instagram, they're like working from the beach. That, that could never be me. My working style is that I have to sit in a place that's organized and set for me. And that is the best way for me to work. And oftentimes what will happen is when we have teams or when we're working with other people, we can over index on adjusting to a different work style that doesn't meet us. So we've had clients in the past who were like, okay, you know, the team wants to co-work together all the time. So we're going to work in an open office and we're going to brainstorm and just constantly go back and forth. And you get burned out trying to work against a way that is a completely different style from your own. It doesn't mean that you're not flexible, but it means you can't prioritize consistently working in a way that the next article says is the best way to work, which is how we all ended up with these open offices where not many people can get work done. So where do you work best? What's the environment like? What is the lighting like? We even give tips to our clients like doing things like changing the color of your calendar from bright colors to pastels. If music is your thing, playing music in the background, what is your desk set up like? Can you see nature outside? Do you write notes before building a deck? All of that matters. And so you want to have shared ways that you work with your team, but also allow plenty of space for everyone to work in a style that is best for them. And this is one of the primary areas where I see leaders get disconnected from their teams because we'll say, okay, the new way of working says Harvard business review. No shade because we love HBR. Yes, we do. But this is a new way of working. So, hey, team, we're all going to work this way. That's actually not very effective. Let's come together on some agreed upon things that we will do, what different inputs we can have for brainstorming, what different inputs we can have when we're doing a presentation, those elements. And then how is it that each individual needs to work in a way that is energized and connected for them? For Chloe, she shared a time of day. For me, I share a place. So it is really important for us to note that for ourselves and for our teams. And it helps everyone to have a much calmer workplace and reduce burnout. Again, a really good way to figure this out is two things. When you're in your work style and feeling great, you're feeling energized, flow is there. So that's a great way to notice what works well for you. And I was just looking at my whiteboard behind me and going, oh, yes, for me, standing up and whiteboarding is hugely important. I need some physical movement. The other thing to notice is when are you feeling stuck you can't focus, you're moving around, you're fidgeting, multitasking, etc. And that can be a good indication that you're not working in your work style. And so to take note of both of those and go, okay, I know I work really well in this way. How can I use that more? I know that this is not working for me. So how can I eliminate this? I love that because sometimes it just goes unnoticed, you know, and just allowing ourselves to be still and saying, okay, I notice right now that I'm disconnected. I'm frustrated. Take a step back and say, what is going on here? What immediately preceded this feeling? And so that is just a good practice for everything you do, but it'll especially be helpful here. Yeah, for sure. 
Perfect. And our final indicator that you may be experiencing burnout is that you're doing too much on your own. So what tips do we have for folks on this one? Yeah. And then I want just want to remind you like what that sounds like. It's like, okay, I have to get this done. My to-do list has 20 things. The rest of my team has two things on their to-do list, or it's all up to me, or I'm the only one who cares about this business. If you're starting to experience that, or I'm the only one who cares about this client, right? If you're a leader on a team, then you may be doing too much on your own. And so what we want to encourage you to do first is to notice and then think about the ways that you can get other people involved and connected. Typically what's happening in this situation is that we are not trusting others and we must trust others in order to build the type of workplace where burnout is not happening and also to build an inclusive workplace. The other thing on top of the trusting others is also feeling like as a founder, as a leader, you need to take it on because you don't want to burden other people with those tasks and a reframe of burden versus opportunity and not a fake reframe. I'm not trying to put nice words to this. It really truly is that opportunity for your team to also connect to the mission, to what you're doing, to the work and be more part of it. And so that reframe can be so useful also. Yeah, back to share purpose. Sometimes what has to happen is we are wanting to see things done in our way. And we have to take a step back to say, okay, someone else is going to do this. This may be different from the way that I would do it. Does that present an opportunity for me to learn and see a variation in style? If they don't do it in a way that meets the needs of our clients, customers, or the needs of the business, then I have the opportunity to coach and teach. When I just take it over on my own, no one is going to have the opportunity to learn. A lot of times we believe we are modeling, but we're not because we're just taking it over and doing it. And so as you think about what reduces or removes burnout from the picture is sustainability, it's intentionality. And so that means in every client you decide to take on as a part of the business and all the work that we do in the next contract, we need to be thinking about sustainability and grounding ourselves. Does that mean that, hey, we aren't busy or we don't take on as exciting projects? Of course not. But we take it on full steam ahead, very clear on what this is going to look like with plans and with intention. So therefore, we are allowing other people to be connected, to be a part of, yes, we're taking this on, we're ready to do this. And I am ready to try something that's outside of my comfort zone, or I'm ready to connect and work on something that I haven't done before. You get that connection and buy-in from your team. And then you need to take a step back and allow for others to get involved and get connected and come to you when they need support, but with an opportunity to do something on their own and very different. And I'll say one other thing we have seen so many times that we've had leaders tell us people are not stepping up. I'm giving them the opportunity and they're not stepping up. And a lot of times what we're doing is we're testing them in the opportunity, giving them a small bit. And so what I want to encourage you to do is to just get bold and say, hey, individual, this is yours. You lead it. I know that you can do this. Come to me if you need me, but I am going to let you 
you do this on your own. Of course, you need to make sure that that person is on board, but get their buy-in for that and then give them the opportunity because so many folks, especially if we've had a habit of over-indexing here or micromanaging a bit, then people won't come in and fully give it their all or fully feel comfortable to step into it. So we need you to step back so then that they can step forward. And with that stepping forward, you are then creating for your team the opportunity for them to show up as the type of employee, leader, et cetera, that they are best at. You're giving them an opportunity to work in their working style. So you're not only are you helping your own burnout, but you're helping to reduce the likelihood that your team is going to experience burnout as well. Yes, Chloe, I'm over here snapping my fingers (laughs) because I'm like, this is it right here. And so these are the recommendations. I think really this week, we focused in on what recommendations we have for you as a founder, as a leader of a team, as a leader in your organization. And next week, we're going to dial in really heavily on team, some statistics around teams and burnout and individual burnout for employees. And then what you can do from a structural perspective to reduce burnout, because if your employees are burnt out, then you inevitably are going to be burnt out. But beyond that, your employees are the best thing that's happening in your business. And so we really want to show up in a way where we are supportive and taking care of each other, not just you taking care of them in a paternalistic way, but that we're taking care of each other. And generally, you set up the systems within the context of the organization. So we want to talk to you about some ways that systems may be getting in the way and cause an employee burnout and what you might do instead. Awesome. So we invite you all to take some time this week, put some actions into place. Again, one or two actions get super focused. And we would love to hear back from you how that goes. And then we'll be back next week with those tips for your team. Yeah, and we're excited about that. And of course, as always, thank you for your leadership. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in. For any resources referenced during today's episode, you can find that information in our show notes at cocreatework.com slash podcast. You can also connect with us on Instagram at cocreatework. If you have any questions about this week's episode or transforming the future of work, we would love to hear from you. Please email us at podcast at cocreatework.com. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the Co-Create Work podcast on your favorite platform. 